Hi there, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Your Liberty podcast, where we're looking at liberty, what it is, why you should care about it, and how to defend it. Today is Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm your host, Andrew, and we're going into second episode of Wordy Wednesday, where we're looking at vocabulary words, pretty much just words. Specifically today, we're looking at vocabulary words I encountered when I'm going over a summary view of the rights of British America. That's a piece written by Thomas Jefferson. I'll be releasing the full episode on that very soon, hopefully not too long. And I want to take a minute here to apologize. I missed April. It's my personal goal to try and get at least one episode out every month. Getting this podcast going, I've got a lot of irons in the fire. No excuses there, but I'm sorry I didn't get an episode out in April. I'm going to do my best to get every month covered henceforth. I'm going to try and make the episode today a little bit shorter, since the next episode is going to be longer where we're going over the actual document. So, that being said, I'm going to paraphrase somewhat what Thomas Jefferson was saying when I'm giving the context of these words, because some of them, I'd have to read the whole paragraph in order to read the sentence. They liked to do that back then. So I'm going to paraphrase somewhat just to get to the idea of what the word means. So let's get right into it. All the definitions were taken from a few different sources. Uh, Google is one, which I think uses the Oxford Dictionary, uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and Johnson's 1755 Dictionary. Those are linked in the description below in case you want to check them out on your own time later. The first word here, imperious, assuming power or authority without justification, arrogant and domineering. Imperious, I-M-P-E-R-I-O-U-S, imperious. So in the context on the summary view of the rights of British America, we get to actually read one of the great quotes from this piece. I think it kind of stands off on its own. So here we go, quote, Not only the principles of common sense, but the common feelings of human nature must be surrendered up before His Majesty's subjects here can be persuaded to believe that they hold their political existence at the will of a British Parliament. Shall these governments be dissolved, their property annihilated, and their people reduced to a state of nature at the imperious breath of a body of men whom they never saw, in whom they never confided, and over whom they have no powers of punishment or removal? So if you get the gist of what he's saying there, in the context, he's saying, Parliament's claiming that they have power over us pretty much in all cases whatsoever, but... We've never, we don't have anything to do with them, basically. So they're not represented to us. There's no recourse that we have if they do something that we don't like. So that claim of authority is imperious. He's saying the imperious breath, assuming power or authority without justification, arrogant and domineering. I think you get the idea there, and it's a perfect word to use in that situation. I'd make the case that the executive branch of the United States government Really, all the branches of the United States government have been for a long time imperious. They're assuming power or authority without justification. And you'll actually hear that word imperious again later on down in the document when we get to that episode. He uses it twice in there. Okay, the second word I had to do some more digging on. It was a, it was a more difficult word because it sounds like I already, I assumed I knew what it meant in the context. And so when I actually looked it up just to double check, found out it didn't mean what I meant. So I thought I'd throw it in here so we can all learn together. The word is recognizance. R-E-C-O-G-N-I-Z-A-N-C-E. 
recognizance. So one definition of that is a bond by which a person undertakes before court or magistrate to observe some condition, especially to appear when summoned, i.e. he was released on his own recognizance. Webster's 1828 dictionary has a lengthy definition. It's kind of, it's, it's long, but it's good. I think I'm going to go ahead and read it because it helps us see exactly what it is, because it sounds like a bond until you read this definition. And in the context, it sounds like a bond, but once you read this definition, it'll make sense. In law, an obligation of record which a man enters into before some court of record or magistrate duly authorized with condition to do some particular act as to appear at the assizes to keep the peace or pay a debt. This recognizance differs from a bond as it does not create a new debt, but is the acknowledgement of a former debt or record. This is witnessed by the record only and not by the party's seal. So, technical definition, it sounds like it's a bond that you don't actually pay. It's like it said, you're acknowledging that you already have a debt and you're going to appear before the court to settle that at a set date, but you're getting released for free. Now, in the context, it sounds like actually... When this piece was written, it did require money. So listen listen in, and you can let me know if you know this better than I do, because uh, I'm just learning. You can learn with me here. Uh, so he's talking in the context there about people being taken from the states, from the colonies, to Great Britain for trial, because uh, what had gone on up in Boston, one of the acts for the suppression of riots and tumults in the town of Boston... Uh, made it so that people had to be removed to Great Britain to be tried in the court of the King's Bench in the island of Great Britain by a jury of Middlesex, instead of, as opposed to a jury of the peers, as had been historically done, makes sense, would continue to be done. So here, picking up in the context, the witnesses, too, on receipt of such a sum as the governor shall think it reasonable for them to expend, are to enter into recognizance to appear at the trial. This, in other words, taxing them to the amount of the recognizance, and that amount may be whatever governor pleases. For who does his majesty think can be prevailed on to cross the Atlantic for the sole purpose of bearing evidence to a fact? His expenses are to be borne indeed as they shall be estimated by a governor. But who are to feed the wife and children whom he leaves behind, and who had no other subsistence but his daily labor? So he's basically making the case, like, look, this isn't right. Obviously, it's not right that we're being dragged across the sea, but then we're being, like he says, in other words, we're being taxed to whatever they say we have to pay to promise to appear at the court in Great Britain across the Atlantic. So be sure and tune in, listen to the whole thing in context. I think it'll make sense. Hopefully it makes more sense now that you know what the word means, if you didn't before. I know I didn't. Recognizance. Now the next word, nugatory. N-U-G-A. T-O-R-Y. Nugatory. This is a word that I, I've heard read several times in all the historical documents. It's a more common word. You might already know what it means. And it kind of gives, it sounds like what it means. Trifling, vain, futile, insignificant, also of no force, inoperative, ineffectual, i.e. the laws are sometimes rendered nugatory by inexecution. Another agreement may be rendered nugatory by something which contravenes its execution. So it's kind of kind of like related to the word nullify uh, or null or nullity. 
if it's it's rendered of no force because it doesn't get enforced, just like say that the Justice Department tells the FBI, you have to produce these documents unredacted by such and such a day, and they don't they don't do it. So that would be a nugatory directive at that point. In context here, he's probably more using the first definition of nugatory, which was trifling, vain, futile, or insignificant. In context here, it's one of those ones that the sentence is the whole paragraph and it's kind of an earful. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase, saying that there's all these acts that have parliaments passed that are making us upset, they're making us angry, we protest against them, now we're entreating His Majesty, quote, to recommend to His Parliament of Great Britain the total revocation of these acts, which, however nugatory they be, may yet prove the cause of further discontents and jealousies among us, end quote. So basically he's saying all these acts that you're hitting us with, at this point, they may or may not be being followed, they might seem small to you, but... They're going to continue to cause more problems if you don't revoke them. If you don't have Parliament, revoke them. Or if you, he goes into later, you'll see, he says, if you, the king, don't give your negative to him. You'll have to tune in to hear more about that. So, nugatory. Next word, salutary. S-A-L-U-T-A-R-Y. Salutary. That's defined as producing good effects or beneficial especially with reference to something unwelcome or unpleasant. So, has good effects. It's beneficial. Even though we might not have thought so at first. In the context here, he's talking about how the king is refusing to enact good laws and is enacting instead laws that he should be rejecting from parliament. And so, that's the context of this sentence here. Quote, For the most trifling reasons, and sometimes for no conceivable reason at all, his Majesty has rejected laws of the most salutary tendency. So it's saying good laws you're rejecting, and bad laws you're letting pass through in the context there. And he goes on to use the example of the abolition of domestic slavery, which he's saying there had been laws passed, but then the king struck them down, which I certainly didn't know. That's news to me. We'll talk more about that in the episode going over the actual document. Now to the next word. That was salutary. The next couple words are related, alloidial and feudal. And this was a whole learning curve for me. I had to look this up, and I'm going to do my best to pass it on to you now, because it, there's a whole section of the document that doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you understand these two words. So we'll start with the word feudal, because we're already familiar with feudal. And I know for me, when I hear the word feudal, what comes to mind is, you know, little dirty family in Europe somewhere, like doing subsistence farming, where they're kind of Robin Hood scenario. And that's correct. That was the system, the feudal system. But I'm going to re read the definition here. A feudal system, also known as feudalism, is a type of social and political system in which landholders provide land to tenants in exchange for their loyalty and service. And that's the key part we need to understand about feudal. It's a system in which landholders provide land to tenants in exchange for their loyalty and service. They are allowed to stay on the land. They don't, the, the people working the land don't own the land. They're allowed to stay on the land if they till the ground, plant seeds, or whatever services they've worked out between each other. Feudal's antonym would be alloidial. 
A-L-L-O-D-I-A-L, alloidial. It's an adjective pertaining to alloidium, freehold, free of rent or service, held independence of a lord paramount, opposed to feudal. So feudal, you get you get it. There's people working the land that own, own the land. They owe their loyalty and service to a lord. Whereas alloidial, saying it's free-held free land. They don't owe their loyalty to any lord in order to stay on the land. They own the land. It's the opposite of feudal. Hopefully I beat that into the ground. I'm not going to actually read the context right now. I'll let you listen to it. But just know alloidial means free-held. Feudal means you're staying on the land in exchange for loyalty to somebody. Jefferson in this piece actually does a great job going through kind of the history of this if you're more interested in that, be sure and listen to the whole document on the next episode. Next word you're going to hear in here might sound a little weird is the word burthens. That's an easy one. It's just an archaic form of the word burden. So burthen, burden, tomato, tomato, same thing. Last word in here is a word uh, venal, V-E-N-A-L. means mercenary, prostitute, that may be bought or obtained for money or other valuable consideration. And again, in the context here, we get another great quote from Thomas Jefferson that's refer- you'll hear it referenced all the time in The Path to Liberty from the Tenth Amendment Center. Uh, that these are our grievances which we have thus laid before His Majesty with that freedom of language and sentiment which becomes a free people claiming their rights as derived from the laws of nature and not as the gift of their chief magistrate. Let those flatter who fear. It is not an American art. To give praise which is not due might be well from the venal, but would ill beseem those who are asserting the rights of human nature. So he's saying, it might be okay to acknowledge somebody that's asserting authority, just if you're out of fear or just to get along to get along, but he's saying that's not an American art. He's saying that's venal. It's prostituting yourself. Pretty strong words, really. And I can't help here, but read the next sentence. They know and will therefore say that kings are the servants, not the proprietors of the people. Hopefully that piqued your interest to come back and listen to the whole thing. See where he's coming from. There's a number of great, there's a bunch of great quotes in this piece, the summary view of the rights of British America. I hope you'll come back. I'll go over some of the quotes. We'll read through the entire document so you can get it in context. And really, I don't know, when I listen to it, as I've listened through the different drafts of the speech that I've read, Man, I see so many parallels to where we're at today, and hopefully you will too. With that, there we are, 15 minutes on the dot. Thanks for sticking with me through these vocab words. Hopefully you learned something. I know I learned something looking all this up, putting it together for you. If you did learn something, be sure and tell somebody. I'd appreciate it if you tell somebody about the podcast. You can send them to the website. It's probably the easiest place. It's www.mindyourliberty.com. Be sure and like and subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Hit the bell notifications if you're on YouTube. That way you get notified when we get a new episode. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at mindyourliberty at gmail.com. You can give me whatever feedback you want. I loved it, hated it. Hey, here's an idea for for another episode. This is what I want to hear. Can you go back and hit this? Whatever you like. Thanks again for spending some of your time with me today. Be sure and tune back in for the next episode where we're going to be going over a summary view of the rights of British America, penned by Thomas Jefferson. 
And in the meantime, be sure and mind your liberty.